One was in the Navy, the other in the Army. Both are degenerates. Shane Whitecloud and Boone Cutler, bringing you local and global veteran news and resources from the warfighter's perspective. They've got your six on American Warfighter Radio. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us, America Warfighter Radio. This week, I've got some bad news for you, but I've got some good news for you. The bad news is uh, Shane Whitecloud, he is not in town. He's in parts unknown, uh, weight unknown, doing unknown things for some very awesome people. He's actually helping out the warfighter community. He's there in uh, D.C. right now doing some fantastic stuff. So we want to send some love to him. Send him your love. Tell him, you know, say, say a quick prayer. Tell him, do some good good stuff. Have God watch over him during his travels. And uh, anything you can do. Maybe you got to drink some uh, tequila. Maybe you got to get some uh, some vodka out. I'll kill a chicken. I don't care what you do. Just make sure Shane Whitecloud gets as much good luck as he can have on his little trip while he does good things for the warfighter community. The gooder news, I think you're going to like. The gooder news is we've got Bullethead Buckaloo on the line right now. We're going to talk about warfighter news, and some will be good, some maybe not good, but we'll take it as it comes. Bullethead, what's up, brother? What's going on, brother? I don't think gooder is a word, but we'll take it. Hey man, it, it, it's a word in, in today's world. Uh, does it even matter? I mean, I don't. I don't even see that spelling matters anymore. It does not matter. My wife and I actually were having a conversation last night about like ten. It was an article she read. Ten words that aren't really words, but have been used so widely and for so long now that the dictionary is actually putting them in the dictionary now. So yeah, yeah the vernacular is changing. I think that's how words become words is people just start saying so. something and then, and then uh, society gives in and says, okay, it's yep. a word. Like ain't. I remember when I was a kid, they used to say yep. ain't ain't a word, but then somebody put it in a dictionary. And like probably, like instead of people saying probably, people say probably. Pro uh, that's, and, what, yeah. that's my pet peeve. I cannot stand probably. Yeah. Probably. yeah, I don't like it either. I, my pet peeve is irregardless. What do they say? I, I ask people, what is the difference in regardless and irregardless? Both of them mean without regard. Mm. Irregardless is not even a word. You know one that threw so. me off? It was in the military. Uh, and I know it's not a word, and it's kind of a little bit off the topic. But I did not know that the word, that the word was rendezvous. I, I thought it was rendezvous forever. <laughs> when you're looking at the when you're reading the Ranger Handbook, it yeah. says right. Rendevious Point, and everybody right. taught it that way. And then some smart guy named Spees shows up and goes, "That word's Rendezvous." I was like, "Get out of here, man! It ain't Rendezvous. It says Rendevious. You know what I mean?" But I, I, I as hey. far as I know, people who are in the military are still calling it a Rendevious Point when it's a Rendezvous Point. No, well, in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, we had a rendezvous with destiny, so we knew the right word there. <laughs> yeah. hey, I'll somebody tell you somebody helped you ahead of me. time. First, uh, first day downrange at basic training, they were all lined up. We've got our duffel bag and all of our gear and everything, and the drill instructors are screaming at us, and they line us up, and they tell us to sit on our bag and then put our other bag on our lap. So I put my bag on my lap. And uh, the drill instructor was screaming at Drill me. instructor, were you Put in the, the Marines? Back. What are you doing, man? Drill sergeant. You know they're you know going to call I mean? you on that. They're going to say, oh, drill he's sergeant. a faker. He said the wrong word. Yeah, anyway. Well, okay, so you're drill, drill sergeant. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, this drill sergeant's in my face screaming at me to put the bag on my left. Put it on my left. And he was uh, drill sergeant Falcone. So he had a little bit of an accent. Uh huh. And I finally looked at him and I said, it is on my lap. <laughs> he was saying left. But you know uh... how they say it in training. Yeah. He was just screaming in my face, put it on your lip, put it on your lip. I thought it was on my lap. I, so. I would have thought they meant lip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
first I don't know day, why they make up those words. First day was quite exciting, wasn't it? I mean, it uh, was exciting. It, Roll it, off the cattle cars, it, get in line. It was exciting. It was. Speaking can't, of Marine Corps, fast enough. Speaking of the Marine Corps, I was, uh, you know, my father served in the Marine Corps, so I joined the Army, and I thought, good, I don't have to deal with the Marine Corps. And my drill sergeant uh, was a Marine. He had been in the Marines before he joined the Army. Oh. And yeah. as I'm getting off the cattle truck in a, in a very uh, expeditious manner, I believe the the word was, uh, the right. uh, I'm I'm looking at this tattoo of the Marine Corps emblem, uh, the EGA Eagle Globe and Anchor, and it says "Death Before Dishonor" on it, and I'm like, God hates me. God just truly <laughs> hates me. I tried to avoid the Marine Corps, and uh, my drill sergeant was a Marine. It's it's just the way it is, man. It's just the way it is. You know, whatever you try and avoid, for some reason, it just ends up right in front of you, and it's like, I'm here. I'm here. Speaking That's of true. I'm here, brother, let's get to the news, man. You got some good stuff yep. out there. Tell us what's happening in the warfighter community. What do warfighters need to know about the world that they're in that applies to them? Well, I got only got two things today. One's kind of just a feel-good story, and one of them's really some meat and potatoes I want to dig into. Which one do you want first? You know what? Why don't we do the field? Yeah, you know, let's do the meat and potatoes, man. We'll follow up on the on the uh, on the. You other got one. time for it? Uh, yeah, man. What time is it right now? Yeah, we got time. We got time. I mean, let's let's make the the quick one. The quick one. Let's make it quickity quick. Yeah. But uh, quick what do you got? Yeah, let's let me hear the, the good news story. The feel good. So the good news story. There was a guy out of uh, Joint Base San Antonio, Fort Sam Houston, in Texas. Right. Army captain uh, named Robert Bloom. He's a um, a PA, a physician's assistant there. Right. He was heading home. Uh, this was uh, last week, I think it was. Anyway, he's driving home after work. Really bad storm going on. Thunder, lightning, cracking everywhere, wind, howling. He's trying to get home, you know, make sure his family's safe. It's a Garth Brooks um, video. I got it. Okay, go on. So as he's driving, he sees all these emergency vehicles at this location. And so he just decides, hey, I need to stop and check on this, right? He's a military guy. We're here to protect and serve people, and that's what he does as a PA. Right. He right. pulls up, comes to find out there's a guy that's been electrocuted on the roof of this house. He was delivering roofing materials and trying to get some stuff up there during a break in the storm. While he climbs up the ladder and gets on the roof, he gets zapped by lightning. Oh, dude. So this, this PA pulls up. Captain Bloom, he gets out of his vehicle. He climbs the ladder, gets up on the roof of this guy, and they begin doing CPR, trying to resuscitate him. He secures an airway in the guy. The EMS, you know, guys are showing up at this point and everything. Right. The guy's not, he's not breathing. They have no pulse. He's got pinpoint pupils. He's got severe burns on him from the electrocution. And uh, they need to shock him, to cardiovert him, to try to get a rhythm back. But right. they realize we're up here on top of a roof in a rainstorm. We're all going to get zapped. Place, probably not the best place to be doing a cardioversion. Right. So they uh, secure the guy in a harness. They lift him down off the roof, load him up in the uh, you know, ambulance, take him to the hospital. Captain Bloom goes home to his family, you know, thinking, man, I wish I could have done more to save that guy. Uh, you know, but, you know, pretty heroic climbing up on the roof in the middle of the storm and trying his best. Right. He, go he goes home. Come to find out the follow-up on the story, the guy did actually survive. Once he got to the hospital, they did resuscitate him. Um, they, because of the airway that had been placed, they continued to do compressions and breathe for the guy. Uh, he did resuscitate. They sent him to, an army, uh, to a medical burn unit. Um, he's still recovering mm -hmm. there. Uh, and then Captain Bloom was informed that, uh, you know, his actions did help save this guy's life. And I, I just thought that was a neat story, you know, something that didn't really have to do with day-to-day -day military life, but something that, you know, a heroic act by. Yeah, warfighter mentality. If I can help, I yep. will help. That's just the way it goes. And, uh, you know, big shout-out to Captain Bloom there. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, man. And uh, yeah. what is that? That's music, right? 
You know, this means I have to take a break. Here we are on a roll, man. We're on a roll. Everybody stand by to stand by. We'll be back with Bullethead Buckaloo with the Warfighter News. And then Dr. Joy Kong, we're going to talk about stem cells and traumatic brain injury. I think you're going to like it. Stand by to stand by. We'll be right back. Wynema Ranch Wild Horse Sanctuary, a preserve dedicated to keeping America's wild mustangs and burros running free. Wynema Ranch, 29 miles north of Reno near Hallelujah Junction. An amazing sight to visit. Over 130 of God's majestic animals at home on the range. Experience the beauty and wonder. Give at WynemaRanch.com. That's W-Y-N-E-M-A Ranch.com or call 775-384-4444. Wynema Ranch. Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no, what are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. The all-volunteer nonprofit assistance league, Reno Sparks, is working to improve lives in Washoe County. Annually, they provide new clothes and grooming essentials to over 3,000 children through Operation School Bell. Students in Transition addresses needs of homeless teens. Find out more by visiting their website, renosparks.assistanceleague.org. These activities are funded by Assistant League's Thrift Shop at 1701 Vassar Street. Open 10 to 4, Monday through Saturday. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. The military has language all its own, made entirely of acronyms and abbreviations, such as Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. You're listening to American Warfighter Radio with two Banffs, Boone Cutler, Shane Whitecloud. Oh, that's badass mother for those of you that didn't know. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was so cute. So cute. The BAMP thing. The BAMP thing. Chris, man, my man. We got some more news, right? Just so everybody knows, we're going to finish up Warfighter News with Bullethead Buckaloo. And then we're going to, go, going to talk to Dr. Joy Kong about stem cell therapy, about the effects of stem cell therapy, traumatic brain injury, some other things. And I think that's fantastic. I want to send a shout-out to everybody watching on Facebook today. Thank you for watching us on the Facebook page, American Warfighter Radio. For those that are listening and want to watch it, go to Facebook, find American Warfighter Radio. You'll see us right there. I'm wearing the awesome Verve shirt. Verve, one of our sponsors. I want to send a shout-out to verveforever.com. Buckaloo, tell me about this other story that we should discuss for a moment or two. Yeah, so kind of a follow-up on our, our discussion last week about Mark Esper. Of course, Mark Esper is the current Secretary of the Army and who has also been um, you know, picked by Trump to be the next uh, Secretary of Defense, possibly, and he's going through the confirmation hearings now. Right, right. Uh, I'm not sure if you got a chance to see the um, – the, uh, I can't even think of a good word for what happened between uh, Mr. Es- Esper and Elizabeth Warren during the hearings, though. But, of course, Elizabeth Warren took her opportunity – uh, to make her little presidential, you know, uh, pitch and demonstration here, um, and she really tore into Mark Esper pretty, pretty severely. Did you say bitch or him. bitch? I'm sorry, I missed that. It's a maybe it's an audio thing. Did you say bitch or pitch? Pitch. I said pitch. Oh, pitch. But either pitch. way, either okay. Word, I understand. She took her best yeah. pitch. Yeah. With a papi, right. a papa. So was, okay, gotcha. She, she's troubled by Mark Esper's uh, ties with Raytheon, you know, being a lobbyist for Raytheon in the past. Uh-huh. Um, and, and she wants him to uh, step away for four years and agree not to go back to Raytheon for four years after he has finished being Secretary of Defense, if confirmed. Um, of course, Mark Esper told her he was not willing to do that. He didn't see a need to recuse himself from that position. She said, you know, Patrick Shanahan had agreed to do it with Boeing. Mark Esper said, well, that's between you and, and Shanahan. has nothing to do with me. So he's not willing to make that um, request uh, to step away from Raytheon, including four years after his service would end with the Secretary of Defense. Um, he says he sees no, re- no reason to um, be viewed as being a corrupt official or whatever because he was tied to business before going back into service. Of course, Mark Esper, long history of serving his country, West Point graduate, Army officer, right. has worked in the defense field, right. current Secretary of the Army, now you know, probably going to be the next Secretary, Secretary of Defense. But Elizabeth Warren just went on this tirade about his ties to Raytheon. And I, you know, I thought he did a pretty good job of just shutting her down and saying that you know, he wasn't going wasn't gonna to do that and wasn't willing to impact his future life uh, as far as working with a defense contractor, you know, should he you know, not become Secretary of Defense or serve for a period of time and then, you know, uh, be replaced or whatever. So uh, it was interesting. Warren finally left the room. She released some statements on Monday, said that he should not be confirmed and that this is just outrageous. I think it was just a stunt on her part uh, as part of her presidential, um, you know. Well, it is a stunt, but her stunt does have some legitimacy when it comes to the appearance of impropriety and the, the worry of corruption. Uh, you know, she does have, but, but she does Mark have, an, but at the same that. time, if there's no reason to distrust the guy, I mean, the dude should be able to live his life how he wants to live. But I, I right. get where she's coming from, and she is, she's hitting on the, on some buttons that I'm sure a lot of constituents would would really kind of, uh, you know, maybe give her a high five about. So as far as her political technique, you know, pretty much a, a smart move. As far as you know, uh, what he's doing and and what his his opinion is. He doesn't have to do it. He's going to get confirmed anyway. 
And, uh, right. you know, it just – but, she, you know, she got her name up on the leaderboard, and, and that's, a, that's an interesting way to do it. But I, I, I do see your point, though, because corruption is an issue, and the appearance of impropriety is also an issue. Should you blame somebody who's never had a problem? I don't think so. But right. it is an issue. And, and another Senate member asked him, have you ever been accused of corruption? And, of course, the answer was no. So, you know, she's just kind of casting dispersion on the guy when there's really no legitimate reason for it. I see the, you know, the impropriety of it. But as far as going forward and asking them for the four more years after his service would end. Four years is a little know, Why long. would he make a decision today to impact his life, you know, way in the future? And even if he does something, you know, really crazy, I mean, he could still own stock. He can. St- I mean, there's still a lot of things he could do if he was going to be. Kind of, but I think four years is a little. That's a little it's rough, much. you know. I mean, yeah, it's like, hey, when you get done with this job, you can't have one for four years, or you've got to take one that, you know, would would impact the, you know, the financial, um, the financial strength of your family. Yeah, I would be kind of like, you know, go f yourself. I'm, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do my job. And if you got a problem with how I do my job, let's talk about that. But let's keep the problem in front of us. Let's not make it something that we have no that nobody has any justification to to accuse me. Right. Of. Right. Very interesting. Not just doing, not not campaign tactics. So yeah. another interesting thing with Mark Esquire, he spoke up on about, and it's been in the news a good bit lately, um, is this deal with NATO, our NATO ally Turkey. You know, we were planning to sell them some F-35 jets. And then we found out they bought these S-400 uh, surface-to-air missiles from Russia. And so now Trump has stepped in and said, we're not going to sell you the jets if you're going to buy these uh, surface-to-air missiles from Russia, which are designed to, uh, to fight against the F-35. He said, you can't have the missile technology that goes against the very jet that we're going to sell you. Uh, they feared that, you know, too much time spent with the jet um, versus the technology you already have, they might be able to, to make uh, some adjustments and improve their missile system against our own uh, aircraft. So Trump said he were not selling the, the jets to Turkey. Uh, and Esper has also spoken up on this and said he agrees. And if confirmed as Secretary of Defense, he would also make that recommendation. Well, but I you agree can't too. do that. So. I, I would agree for the same for the same reasons. It's yeah. just a pragmatic same thing. Yeah, same I don't really thing. know why Turkey would do that. Why they would go to Russia and buy these missiles? Well, Turkey's in a unique position now. Jets. Turkey's in a very unique position. They've got our quick strike missiles there and uh, NATO quick strike missiles that are the thing that's always kept Russia in check is those quick strike missiles in Turkey. Uh, but since that failed coup attempt during the Obama administration, Turkey kind of flipped who their friends are. And uh, right. I'm not so sure the, that 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 ability is the same as it was prior to that that situation. So Turkey's in a very unique position right now, and and people really need to kind of take a look at that. I'm sure at some point in time, you know, they're going to get traded for something bigger on the board because they are small players. Uh, but we don't know what that is. We have seen recently that Syria got traded for Iran. You know, between Russia, United States, and and all the stuff they're doing and focusing on. On, on putting the kibosh on, on around and, and oil because everybody wants to play a different game. Pretty soon we're going to be on a gold standard, blah, 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 blah. I talk about this all the time. But uh, it's interesting. Everybody keep an eye on Turkey. I think Turkey is going to be in a very unique position for a little while, but at some point in time it's going to get traded. It's going to get traded for a bigger, Turkey, for a bigger move. Turkey is one of, those, one of those what I call an ally with uh, you know the air quotes around them. And we have too many of those. I think the United States has too many allies uh, that require air quotes around them. So it's, yeah. it's concerning to me. 
Well, I think the uh, the ally, the friendly and the foe lists are being uh, changed around quite a bit these days. My brother, I got to get rid of you, man, because I got to get Dr. Yeah, Kong man. on here. But thank you for coming on doing the Warfighter News. Everybody give a round of applause to Bullet Bullethead. Buckaloo always does a fantastic job every week. And uh, for the price he's paid, you really can't get any better. Thank you so much, brother. Roger that. Out. All the way out here. Next up, we got Dr. Joy Kong, who's an amazing human being, is doing a lot of stuff in the stem cell world. And there's a lot of people out there that don't know enough about stem cells. Myself, I received stem cell therapy last January for a heart condition, but I've also been living with traumatic brain injury for a good part of my life uh, since my since my tour in Iraq. And so I've got a little bit of uh, knowledge on this subject too. But let's bring in the expert. Uh, she's getting tuned up. Craig, she's ready to go? What's going on? She's here, but I need her to unmute her audio, if she could, her, turn her microphone back on. So while we're waiting for that to happen, we'll could just continue to talk Perfect. about there she therapy. There she is. Dr. Kong, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. Thank you. Outstanding. And uh, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about this. First of all, a lot of people don't understand that uh, stem cell therapy is something that is available in the United States. I just wanted to spell a couple quick rumors or uh, a little bit of lore that people, before we even start the interview, if they have this lore stuck into their brain, they're not going to be able to hear the interview because of cognitive dissonance. So let's dispel a couple a little bit of lore ahead of time. First of all, stem cell therapy is available in the United States. Uh, second of all, stem cell therapy is not always does not always have to do with uh, basically embryos, babies, all this other kind of stuff. You can harvest stem cells from other sources that do not have to uh, that do not impact the health of a fetus. Is this all correct that I've just said? Absolutely, yeah. Good. So because people don't know this, and there was a lot of bad press put out there years and years and years ago, and it's kind of been, been ingrained into the psyche of people. I had stem cell therapy. No babies were injured during my therapy. It was fantastic. It's worked very well. I couldn't be happier. I'm exercising again. At, at, in January, I was reduced to a, a, a wheelchair, and now I'm, you know, I'm exercising, I'm doing fantastic, and I, I just cannot speak enough about the healing power of stem cell therapy. But today we're going to be talking about uh, stem cell therapy and traumatic brain injury. Uh, I think it's a, it's a topic that affects the, the warfighter community a lot, and it's just not talked about enough, traumatic brain injury being the signature injury of the current wars. Um, any impact? you think, I mean, I know what I feel, what I see, what I think, but from a medical standpoint, how does stem cell therapy impact traumatic brain injury? Well, what we know about traumatic brain injury is that there's a tremendous amount of brain inflammation. So there's the initial trauma, but what happened uh, as a result of the tra trauma is massive inflammation. So tissue injury and inflammation, which exacerbated. Um, so so what, what do you do with the, the tissue that's in a way torn apart um, and the blood vessels and everything was injured. And then the massive inflammation, the cell aggregation, everything that's coming upon it as a result. So uh, one thing about stem cell therapy, one of the key factors that, that make it work so well is its anti-inflammatory effect. Mm -hmm. So, so the, the cells have this ability, of course, this is revolutionary because it's the first time in history where actually can give, can give a patient something that has ability to to respond has a basically has a mind of its own can has its own DNA and can respond to the environment. So according to 
what environment might require, let's say in the brain, there's all these damages. So the brain may secrete these molecules that's part of the inflammation, part of the uh, the problem, you know, molecules, and and the cells can respond to those signals uh, by producing certain kind of proteins that will calm down the inflammation. So that will help reduce the inflammation, uh, bring other cells to clean things up, and even help regenerate tissue because we know um, stem cells have, especially the mesenchymal stem cells, which is the kind that I, you know, I, I advocate for. It's, you know, it's, it's been shown, has the most scientific evidence of, uh, of helping, uh, with, uh, repair and, and regeneration. So mesenchymal stem cells, um, it will help regenerate, um, not just the tissue because it's going to stimulate the local stem cells, but it also is going to bring in more blood supply because will help you regenerate blood vessels. So with no, no blood vessels, you're not going to sustain the new tissue that you're, you're trying to grow. Okay, let me, uh, let me recap this for the TBI guys out there. What I think I just heard you say is that when you get injected with stem cells, especially mesenchymal stem cells, it, it's like your own little tiny doctor that it makes no mistakes and cannot screw anything up and is not too tired and doesn't have a drinking problem that you don't know about. And it doesn't have a, <laughs> a problem with a spouse that you don't know about. That It is a doctor that is a genius and knows exactly where to go on a, on a molecular level and fix a problem that exists. And it, it fixes a problem, problems that you don't even know about consciously within the body on a, on a, on a molecular level. Is that accurate? Um, I think to a lot of degree, yes, it, it, it's true that these are incredibly intelligent, um, uh, you know, entities, these cells, you know, I, I've seen remarkable results from my patients mm -hmm. and I would have I would loved to take the credit, but I know it wasn't me that did it. It was the cells, you know, I don't even know how they did it. Uh, but you know, hopefully science will, will find out more and more, but another key, key thing well, is hold, that hold on that. That's a, that's a very good point. Let's get into the key point. After we go to break, we're going to come back in just a few minutes. Everybody, stand by to stand by. We're talking to Dr. Joy Kong about stem cell therapy. Probably the best information you're going to hear is right here on this show, American Warfighter Radio. We'll be right back. Howdy, Shannon Lawson here. When my family wants real barbecue, it's chili, rib tips, and sweet potato fries. It's the Butcher's Kitchen Charbecue, 7689 South Virginia at Huffaker. Join Charbecue for Burrito Monday. $5 giant burros. Add your favorite beer for 10 Try Charbecue's homemade sausage on Worst Wednesday for 5 bucks. Add your favorite beer for 10 Charbecue, the Butcher's Kitchen, 7689 South Virginia, Winter's Crossing, Reno. Get in and get real Charbecue. Do you need high-quality estate planning and family law services? I'm Reno attorney Todd Torvinen. I practice in the areas of estate planning, probate, family law, and divorce taxation. I'm also experienced in probate and family law litigator and believe that prevailing in any litigation requires diligent, methodical preparation. As a certified estate planning law specialist and certified public accountant, I'm singularly qualified to analyze the financial aspects of marital, family assets, or a decedent's estate. A large part of my practice is done in real time. It means that preparation of estate planning and family law documents occurs with the client 
present and they're reviewed with the client at the time the client is there. Your documents are examined line by line and explained to you, then modified based upon your input. This client-focused approach leverages the current technology and enhances the attorney-client communication and relationship. The idea is to produce a better product. Please call me at 775-825-6066 to schedule an appointment today. Again, 775-825-6066. One in three adults in America have prediabetes, but most don't know it. To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. I don't recommend it. This move's called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. <clears throat> Here's 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living, then has my mind. In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, exercise and healthy eating can help reverse prediabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. <laughs> Bet he can't say that in reverse. Assistance League Reno Sparks, an all-volunteer nonprofit organization, works to improve lives by providing supplemental food, grooming essentials, and bus passes for low-income and homebound seniors. The Senior Sampler, a gift shop located within the store, provides senior crafters with a free venue to sell handcrafted items to supplement their incomes. Check out both the gift shop and the thrift shop at 1701 Vassar Street in Reno. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 4. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. This is your on-air rally point for veteran news, resources, and events. Keep it locked to American Warfighter Radio. Shane Whitecloud and Boone Cutler, two warfighters with a mission to keep you informed. Lima Charlie. Now we're back. <laughs> I almost say it every time. It's typical of Boone Cutler, but it's not typical of Boone Cutler anymore. It's American Warfighter Radio. We're having a conversation right, right now with Dr. Joy Kong. And we're talking about stem cells. We're talking about stem cell therapy and what stems are, how the stem cells are, how they work, uh, what is better than others, what is not so great, what is the best. And uh, I think it's a good conversation. I myself had stem cell therapy last January for a heart condition, and it worked. I can tell you it worked. I don't know how it worked. I know I sat in an office. They gave me some shots in my legs. They gave me a, a couple six CCIVs. And the next thing you know, I don't need a heart condition, and I'm still alive. So it's pretty amazing how this stuff works. Doc, you were going to get into the clarification when I was explaining that, you know, stem cells are like the perfect doctor that doesn't have a drinking problem when they're not working, and they know how to diagnose and fix things. And you wanted to kind of double down on that and to, to expand on it. Please do that. That's right. Uh, so it, 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 not all stem cells are created equal. So they're not all perfect. Some are a little more perfect than others. Um, I actually specifically, I have an online lecture talking about are all MSCs equal, you know, mesenchymal stem cells. So I actually go into great scientific evidence to show the differences between different types. So the ma major differences between, uh, the, sort of, there, there, there are two types, right? One is from your own body, right. the stem cells. The other one is from a, um, a 
you know, we, we use birth tissue. You know, let's not even talk about fetal derived or embryonic. And when Those you say birth tissue, you mean derived from an umbilical from cord that's already been used. So it's the placenta, you know, it's the biological waste. Uh, the placenta and local cord and the, the blood in the cord. So those will usually be tossed away, but mothers can donate those. So after going through, uh, you know, strict, strict screening, they can be accepted uh, to be processed into, you know, usable cells for stem cell therapy. So, um, so the difference between a person's own and cells from a newborn baby is very significant, more significant than people realize, because people, you know, studies have been done on the differences. Um, not only these, the cells in your own body are your age. The fact that stem cells will need to stay in your body for your lifetime, that means they also are susceptible to the environmental damages uh, throughout your lifetime. So whether or not it's toxic exposure, it's um, alcohol, drugs you've used, or DNA, you know, changes, or um, uh, oxidative stress, which just by living, there's oxidative stress. As DNA can be damaged, and cells can accumulate toxic um, chemicals. Uh, so all these things have an effect. Your diet have a tremendous effect, even on how the cells can differentiate. Um, and so, so, and then medications you've taken, you know, NSAIDs actually, you know, can prohibit cartilage and bone formation there's a lot of details in in, in you says know, you're talking like uh you're talking like advil like naproxen yes, yes exactly okay so, okay so things that we take for granted or even you know proton pump inhibitor right for for acid reflux so all these things can have long-term effects and, and people don't even think about it so you carry all this with you and then when you take the cells out they've already lost a lot of their potencies and even intelligence. What's interesting is when a young, when a birth tissue derived stem cell uh, is put next to one of the most virulent forms of uh, brain tumor, the uh, glioblastoma multiforme, um, these cells actually suppress the growth of these tumors. Mm. But when you use your own cells, but in this study, it's fat-derived stem cells. So they use the fat-derived mesenchymal stem cells, put it next to these tumor cells, it actually promoted the tumor growth. And they showed this both uh, in the Petri dish and in an animal. So it, this just shows you how different they can be. So from what I have, uh, you know, researched and found, mm -hmm. the safest form is the birth tissue derived. So when you use your own, yes, not only it's going to work less potently, but you also are going to, you know. There's, there's risk involved. There's, there's more risk involved, but if you're using tissue-derived, a birth tissue-derived stem cells, it's that that's the smart doctor that doesn't have a drinking problem in, in, in his off time, right? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Time to get there. <laughs> Still got time to get there. Okay. Fantastic. And I want to, you know, I have my own testimonial. I've already said it. Uh, stem cells worked fantastic for me. Uh, right now in studio, uh, we've got Tony. Tony has a, a, had an experience with stem cell therapy, and I just want to just get a down and dirty on that real quick. Brother, tell me what was the situation and what did you observe post-stem cell therapy? Okay, uh my brother, my brother had a liver cirrhosis, and he, he, he had, he was in hospice. He was, he was going out. Uh, hospice meaning they were preparing him to die. Correct. Okay. So we went down to Dr. Kong. He got, oh, I can't remember what it was, three cc or two cc, and within two hours, the swelling in his stomach was gone. He had just got a reading last week, and his liver is normal. 
Liver he, is normal. He, he couldn't walk. He can hardly do anything. He walks and runs around like normal. That's amazing. That's amazing. That makes me so happy. That's incredible. Is it? I, did you know I'm this, Doc? Or is this kind of like a reveal no, moment for you? Tony hasn't told me. <laughs> okay, well, that's the reveal moment. And, you know, so the, the testimonial is you've got a guy, and myself, I, I was dying. I mean, my injection fraction was down to 30. Uh, I was in the death spiral. I had cardiomyopathy, heart failure, and polycythemia, which is the death spiral. And, uh, and I got out of it with stem cells. I'm alive. I'm right here. Right, I'm right now. I'm doing better. My life is better. I'm happy to be alive. It changed me. It was a spiritual experience completely. And, uh, and uh, so that's my testimonial. Tony, you're telling me about your brother. You, you were there with him. You watched the whole thing. So we have the testimonial firsthand and what somebody else saw in their family members. And you saw the, you saw the test results. Yes, and saw the test results, and he's good as new. That stem cell is wow. incredible medicine. Incredible medicine. And is it medicine, Doc? Um, well, it's 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 part of it's part of medicine, but it's not it's not considered a drug until you've gone through appropriate FDA uh, trials. But it's definitely everything can be a medicine. Food can be your medicine, right? Yeah, it's good. Be, be, thy food be thy medicine. So um, yeah, I've seen that. Um, I mean these kind of amazing results over and over again. I've never taken anything for granted. I don't. I don't promise patients anything because I don't know how anybody is going to react. But I'm just pleasantly surprised so many times. It's incredible. So some of the results are, I put it on the website uh, on Tower Biologics uh, under the case studies, so people can take a look yeah, at. A lot give of a plug for your website cases. right now because we do have to get sliding out of here. But give me a quick plug for your website. So people can find out more about stem cell therapy. They can find out more about you. Uh, for those that don't know, you don't have to travel outside the United States like I did. I went down to Panama. Uh, there's, there's, it's available right here in the United States right now. Don't expect your insurance to pay for it because that's not going to happen. But uh, if, if you've got the money, if you can come out of pocket, and if you can arrange an appointment, you too can have stem cell therapy. Doc, where do they find that information? Um, so they can reach, they can always reach me by going to our website, Chara Biologics. So that's actually a, a company I founded to provide the best stem cell product in the country. And I can confidently say I can stand in front of any other manufacturer and, 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 and debate why our product is the best because I, it's the most complete product and the most potent as the most mesenchymal stem cells. It's really incredible. So it's called Chara Biologics, C-H-A-R-A Biologics. Uh, com. So this is this is the reason I founded the company was because I saw a lot of lack of integrity in in the industry. Everybody's rushing in to make a buck, and 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 the bottom line should be patients' safety and effectiveness, and that wasn't stressed. And I just I just couldn't stand it, so I, I started to do my own thing. I said, you know, I I need to provide the right product. I need to stand behind what I'm telling people. I'm not right. going to fudge anything. So that's that's been a key, and then I also provide a lot of education. So the website has a lot of education on there, but I do a lot of physician training. Um, so I just I want the field advanced forward, and and um, so Char Biologic, you know, product is also under study, uh, you know, the clinical trials to 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 show evidence to show you know from well-designed study to show that it actually works um i've seen it clinically but we're going to show it to the fda we are going to you are going to show it to the fda we are going to show it to the fda i'm going to continue to build the social capital that is the political influence to get this covered and handled by the fda don't tony and i were talking earlier over over some lunch 
We both know folks that have tried stem cell therapy that did not work, but they didn't have the right product. Everybody check out charabiologics.com, Chatsworth, California. Uh, that's where I'd go if I had to do it again. This is American Warfighter Radio, Dr. Kong. I'm going to kick you out of here. Thanks for coming on the show. Come back again sometime. Ready for a live game of Clue? For nearly 30 years, Fun Time Theater has held private and monthly dinner murder mysteries. Each night is different, and each event includes dinner and a show. You're the detective, and your job is to figure out who did what to who and why. At the end of the night, a super sleuth and not-so-super sleuth are awarded prizes. This is a great event for a birthday or holiday party and team-building events for your office. Visit FunTimeTheater.com to make your reservations and use promo code RADIO for $5 off each admission. Destination Midtown. Experience the difference. Reno's premier shopping extravaganza. Everything imaginable and more. Midtown matters. Get down to Midtown. Clean Image Mobile Detailing. Rick details your car, truck, RV, horse trailer, and airplane. Clean Image will go to your home or business. No more waiting in line. Clean Image Mobile Detailing. 775-233-5207. 233-5207. Call Rick. Midtown Reno. Experience the difference. Get down to Midtown. Midtown matters. Destination Midtown. Experience the difference. Reno's premier shopping extravaganza. Everything imaginable and more. Midtown matters. Get down to Midtown. Meccano Home Decor and Garden. Worldwide, one-of-a-kind maker store. Reinventing Americana art, upcycle style. Meccano Artistry, making Nevada pieces relevant through recreation and unique vision. 1350 South Virginia. Midtown Reno. Experience the difference. Get down to Midtown. Midtown matters. Well, Jason, I've got to tell you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself. So, should we talk about the job? What? The job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Man, we really could have used him. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Veterans Outreach is a program sponsored by Nonprofit Assistance League Reno Sparks, supports homeless veterans and their families. Working with the Homeless Veterans Project, the VA Hospital, homebound veterans and women veterans, they provide warm coats, bus passes, housewares, bedding, baby items, and other essentials. These services are funded through sales at the Assistance League Thrift Shop, 1701 Vassar Street in Reno. Open 10 to 4, Monday through Saturday. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. One says, hoo-ah, and the other says, hoo-yah. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell either of them is saying. Like American Warfighter Radio on Facebook. Or hear a pose. Back to the shenanigans with veterans Shane Whitecloud and Boone Cutler. 
And we're back to the show. Thank you for joining us, American Warfighter Radio. If you want to watch the show, go to American Warfighter Radio on Facebook. Check us out on Facebook Live. In just a moment, we're going to have Hank Barb up from the uh, from the band Three Beards. Three Bands was re- Three Beards was recently here in Reno, Nevada at the VA. We had Spartan Pledge Day. Spartan Pledge Day went very good. Uh, bigger turnout than last year. Very excited about that. The folks were were, were getting together and talking about the, you know the goodness of being a warfighter, what it takes to stay alive, and what it takes to have a mission and a battle buddy. And it's very very important to do so. Hank also served in the United States military. He served the Marine Corps, then he served in the Army. He's a combat veteran from the from the war in Iraq. He's going to come on in a few minutes. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about his music. He's going to give us some updates. He's got some very exciting things happening. Uh, and, and it's just like the guy. I've worked with him uh, uh, different gigs around the country. We played D.C. together, Mississippi together. Uh, we were in uh, Los Angeles together. So we do gigs r- routinely together. He's got a great band. The guys have a, a wonderful sound. They're starting to really, really blow up. This next album, I think folks are going to like, not just a little bit, like it a whole lot. I expect to see them get a lot more radio play. You know, need I say Grammy? Because Grammy can definitely happen. These guys are that hot. There's already some talk about that, and I'm going to let – let uh, Hank get into the, the discussion of that, but it's been very, very nice over the last few years to watch this band, to watch this warfighter that I know so well that's, that struggled with their own problems, struggled with their own demons, did not take that uh, th- that opportunity to do nothing, actually did work on finding a mission to help the warfighter family, and he does it through music. And because he does that through music and gets to hang out with the warfighter community, gets to be impactful, gets to be a leader and do what leaders do, which is lead and make sure people understand that just by him as himself being on stage, doing what he's doing. I mean, let's face it, a lot of warfighters do not like crowds. I don't like crowds. Not an easy thing. What does he do? He gets up on stage in front of a big old crowd, and he's doing that because he wants to be able to show that he's a survivor. He's a guy that lives. He did attempt to take his own life. He put his truck into a, a tree or a telephone pole, ended up several days in ICU, in a coma. Uh, You know, he's been through it. He came back from Iraq, and after he came back from Iraq, they had, uh, you know, tried to find that mission, went to college, you know, was a teacher, actually uh, was a football coach, did all these things, still didn't have a a mission to help the warfighter community. Things didn't go so well, and uh, once he did develop that mission, things started going a lot better. Welcome to the show, Hank Barr. Brother, what's going on? How you doing, man? Uh, I've been better, but I've been worse, man. It's good to see you. It looks like, you know, I just saw you this last week. You did a fantastic job, yeah. man. I mean, we haven't done a gig for a, for a while together. And, uh, man, what's the inspiration? I mean, how do you just keep growing this thing? I, you know, I, I just keep going. Uh, I just don't stop. That's the secret. Just mm-hmm. One foot in front of the other and things happen, you know. Yeah, you got to keep making it happen. Keep making it happen. We talked a little bit about uh, when you were when you were out here in Reno, Nevada, and doing the Spartan Pledge Day, uh, the music for that, which was fantastic. The crowd loved it. Uh, I haven't got really gotten the feedback from you, and we haven't done on air. You did come out, and we talked a little bit about it before the show. Now that it's over, you know, let's let's get the brief back, man. Let's get the the after action review. What does what is the three beards after action review of the Spartan Pledge Day here at the Reno VA? You know, it was uh, it was awesome. One of the really cool things about it was that it was it was sincere. You know, all the people that were there were there for the same reason: uh, PTSD awareness and to talk about veteran suicide. There was nobody there trying to make a bunch of money off of it. There was nobody there that was you know trying to do a look at me thing. 
it was just, it was exactly what it was. And uh, Lisa Howard, the VA director, she did an awesome job putting it on. Uh, Stephanie was, I don't remember her last name. I was really impressed just as soon as we got there to see the amount of effort and, uh, and work that they had put into it. You know, they hired a great sound guy, uh, built a nice stage and, and I, I'd be interested to know what the numbers were. Uh, Cause it was, it was hard to walk around when you called me up to the stage, I was shouldering through people, you know, it was wonderful. No, was it, it was shoulder to shoulder for about, you know, 50 meters deep from the, from the stage. It was, it was shoulder yeah. to shoulder. That's a lot of people. I don't know how many people you can get in, in one meter when the shoulder to shoulder, but you know, that it was a pretty big area. And, uh, I thought it was a great area this year, you know, where they did it, uh, at the VA here in, in Reno and the sound was good. Uh, the crowd was good. It was, it was still intimate. The food was, was good. Big. The food was fantastic, man. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I, I mean, we get some grub when we're at events, right? I mean, seriously, it's oh, yeah. it's grub. But uh, this, it was good. It was good. They did a good job. Yeah, I was. I, it was more. Uh, and I think we're coming back at the end of June next year to try to do it again. Uh, uh, yes. So that's. Yeah, the the last part of June next year is the is the tentative date on the next Spartan Pledge day at the Reno VA, and uh, I heard Lisa say it too. She wants to have three beards back, so uh, you guys are going to be back here. For those who missed it, please come out and see it this next year. Uh, for those who didn't miss it and who were there, understand how awesome it is. Come out again. I mean, we like to see people. This is an annual thing. This is this is the rally point where people can show up, do what they need to do, be around other warfighters. And have a good time. You know, I mean, it's not all heavy and crazy. You know, we, we do a little bit of talking. Community leaders come out. I mean, there were community leaders from from all the from all the political representatives were there, from from the law enforcement that were there, business that was there, uh, people that were uh, trying to help warfighters find jobs that were there. So it's it's the place to be in Reno for, for this event. It's so it's the who's who of the who's who and it's it's warfighters that get to, to commingle in all of that and take part in it and, and it's really for them. And so the support comes from the political entities and from law enforcement, but really the day is for warfighters. Uh, they're dealing with the same kind of funky funk. And uh, and I think it works out pretty good. It's not the it's not the poor me thing that I see a lot of times. Do you agree? Right. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was a really positive experience, you know. Uh, I think nobody was up there talking about woe is me. Uh, even the people that were telling their stories, you know, were making people laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it was perfect. And I can't wait to do it again because, uh, I think it's going to be perfect again. It will be perfect again, brother. We're going to move into a, a break here in five minutes. I want to spend the rest of the show talking about what you've got going on as a band, what the next, you know, right any play, any dates that you want to mention, any websites you want to mention, talk about your music that's coming out, the new album, LP, disc, whatever we call it these days. And uh, let's just cover that, man, because I want to talk about the band Three Beards and what they've got going on. That's your band. It's a fantastic band. Anybody who wants to book them around the country, they absolutely should. Uh, I guarantee you, you know, personal guarantee, you have a good time and you'll be very satisfied with the with the music of the band. So, what does the band have going on, bro? Well, we got uh, in August. We have a show in San Antonio, which is cool because it's a hometown show. We don't do a whole lot of them. Uh, we're going to be playing with uh, Matt Gilmore. That's David Gilmore's son. Uh, this will be our fourth show we've played with him. Uh, that's August 31st at the Amp Room. 
And then we're going to Lake Charles from the 22nd to the 26th. And I think you're going to be out there. Uh, we're going to be shooting music video for a new song called Parade. Uh, mm -hmm. They asked me to write a song about the state of the country. Uh, and I wrote a song called Parade. And we're having a parade. And uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and then we've got a, a movie that we've been working on. Uh, or that it's, it's finished with production. We did the, the soundtrack and the theme song. And that's uh, Justin Roberts. He did No Greater Love. He does all our music videos. Uh, he's doing the one in October that you're going to be at. Right. And, uh, and this is, he, he just finished a movie with a bunch of disabled veterans uh, about the Baja 1000 race. He followed two teams around that were disabled veterans. It was their first time doing the race. And they won. And it's like the biggest race in the world. Straight. And the two teams, like he picked you the lottery, picked just right. Those two teams yeah. actually won. That is uh, so badass. And, so badass. And that movie's probably coming out around November and next year. Uh, but we wrote a song called Driven, and that's the title track for our album, which is uh, coming out this fall. And the, the video for 369, I think I showed it to you in Reno. We're probably going to release that song in about three weeks. You it's guys have got to see that song and that video, 369. I got to kick you out of here, brother. We'll get an update from you another time. I want to send a big shout-out to Three Beards, everybody who took part in the Reno VA Spartan Pledge Day. It went fantastic. Please come out next year. Glad you made it this year. If you haven't been there, got to go. If you've been before, got to go again because there's always something a little sexy. This is American Warfighter Radio. We'll be right back. I love the smell of my pump in the morning. <laughs> One was in the Navy, the other in the Army. Both are degenerates. Shane Whitecloud and Boone Cutler, bringing you local and global veteran news and resources from the warfighter's perspective. They've got your six on American Warfighter Radio. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, big voice man. I appreciate that intro. Uh, on the show today, we've had, a, we've had a great show so far. This part, the next part of the show is a little heartfelt, uh, but there's a lot of stuff to be learned from this about the warfighter community, about what we do uh, when it comes to uh, taking care of our own, and that's really what we do very well. We take care of our own very, very well. So far on the show, you've heard from Dr. Joy Kong talking about stem cell ther therapy. You talk, we've talked to Hank Barb with Three Beards, uh, discussing some fantastic stuff that's going on with their band, a warfighter, uh, warfighter band that's doing fantastic stuff out there. We talked to Bullethead Buckaloo and all the stuff that he's got going on with regards to Warfighter News, presenting that to our show weekly. And we want to send a big shout-out to Shane Whitecloud, wherever he is today, doing fantastic things around the world for the Warfighter community. Could not be on the show today, but that's okay. We'll carry him in spirit. And right now, I'm going to introduce Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy Jeremy Swift, brother, talk to me a little bit about um, about what we're going to talk, to talk about today. I talked about how the Warfighter community likes to come together. And we do come together to help our own. There was a recent event that happened a few weeks ago, probably a little bit more than a month ago now. Uh, but the situation was dire. It was scary. It was something that it took all hands to jump in to help somebody because you got that call. You were one of those guys that got the call and said, hey, big problem. We need all hands. People need to deploy right now to help out a fellow warfighter. What was that call that you got? So uh, it was from the city manager of Webster, uh, a fellow named Danny P. And uh, I fished tournaments with him and uh, the gentleman Chris Reed a few times. 
and uh, he gave me a call, and, and and usually it's 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 a really upbeat call when, when I talk to him, you know, and, and and I immediately heard it in his voice, you know, he's like, Jeremy, look, man, this is uh this ain't a good phone call, man, and and I know if anybody could help, you're probably one of the guys that can help, and uh, so I asked him what was going on, you know, and he was like, hey, man, Chris Reed and his wife were out fishing today, and uh, unfortunately, Chris Chris got hit by a big wave and he went over. Mm. And uh, his wife said that he never came back up. And uh, I asked him, I said, all right, wh- where about was he? And he was at Texas City Dyke. And I told him, I was like, all right, man, get, give me about 15 minutes and I'll call you back. I ended up calling um, and 15 or 20 of my friends. And uh, we, uh, we, we we all grabbed our boats and, 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 and headed down to Texas City. Mm. Uh, put our boats in and, and basically I ran down to the, uh, their little command center where, where I met Jessica at the, uh, Lieutenant Colonel or, or that, that came on to your show recently. Lieutenant commander, and, uh, right. Jessica Wasserman. Lieutenant, I think yeah. Lieutenant commander. I, I don't know the rank structure in the Coast Guard, man, but, um, I told her basically the assets that, that, that we had out there or that we were about to have. And, uh, we exchanged phone numbers and, uh, she told me that one of her, one of her guys in the boats were going to give me a call shortly. And, um, basically it went from there. We, we put our boat in, I went out with a, a friend of mine, Scott Frederick, and, um, a, actually another police officer that was down there. I, I had no clue who she was. Um, but, uh, uh, Jessica linked me up with her and she was one of the police officers that, that knew Chris. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we got on the boat and, and it went, uh, away we went, um, to, to, to try to find our brother, you know? Right. And, and when you say that, when you say trying to find our brother, let's get that backstory. Let's, let's let people understand, uh, why the outpouring was, was appropriate, literally appropriate. I mean, this, this, let's, tell us man. about Chris. Chris has done so much in this community. Um, you know, when I first met him, uh, I mean, we talked a bunch on the boat, you know, and he's just, man, this guy's a man's man. Like he, 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 he's done everything that you could possibly think of. And he, he continuously, uh, gave his support to kids like through MMA fighting and, 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 and training him. And then obviously becoming a, a police officer with league city. I mean, that's what he did when he first got out of the military. He was, he was in 82nd and uh, got out and become a police officer in Leak City mm-hmm. and basically like, like rose up through the ranks and uh, did a few other things. Well, well recently he, he became the, uh, the police chief of Kima. And, uh, in Texas, right? Yes, yes, in Texas. Right. Kima, yeah, Kima, Kima, Texas. Not too far from Galveston. Uh, and this guy, just he just he continued to serve. And, 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 I mean, through his community, I mean, in the military, being a police officer, uh, I mean, most of all, I mean, I, I, I know his family and I, like, I, I it still kind of hurts, man. Cause this guy was just, he's just a phenomenal person. He gave back so much, so much. Mm-hmm. It was just wrong guy for it to happen to. And so this, this icon of your area, this war fighter. This police officer, this man who takes community service in, in a direction that a lot of people don't, but they would if they could. Well, he could and he did. He spent his time in the community when he wasn't working. He spent his time in All the, the military. Time. All the time is what I understand. All the time. Good family man. Goes overboard. Nobody can find it. What kind of outpouring from the community uh, came uh, to help find him, locate him? 
rescue him. There was close. There was close to thirty to forty civilian boats out there, along with with numerous police departments. I mean, all the way from Galveston, Harris County Sheriff's Departments. I mean, even police departments up north. Uh, I mean, they all came down. I mean, this guy's touched somebody somehow in all these communities. And uh, so I, it, it was a pretty big deal. I mean, it, it really made me feel good to, to, to see all these people come together for, for, for one mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were there a lot of, I mean, you served in the military. Were there a lot of warfighters that, that turned out for this thing as part of that, 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 that sense of family? Well, there, there there was a few, you know, most of most of the, the fish community here is 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 pretty tight tight clicked. Mm-hmm. Um, if you spend a lot of time out on the water, you know who's who, and uh, it was very easy to to make a few phone calls and and get everybody get get everybody's butt out there, you know. Right. It was it right. it, it was one of those things where it was no question. Like everyone's like, all right, I'm hooking up my boat right now, and, and, and we're heading out. And let's talk about the operation when we come back from the break. This American Warfighter Radio. Stand by to stand by. We'll be right back. Have you, a friend or family member, been diagnosed with cancer? Dr. Forsyth at the Forsyth Cancer Care Center offers an all-inclusive program to treat adult types of cancer. The Forsyth Immune Protocol Cancer Treatment Plan, in a current prospective study of over six and a half years and 1,200 adult cancer patients, has produced a remarkable 30 times greater survival statistic when compared to conventional full-dose chemotherapy. Greater than 95% of all their patients choose low-dose insulin-potentiated life chemotherapy using only 10 to 15% chemotherapy dosing with insulin. Dr. Forsyth has long been considered one of the most respected physicians in the United States, particularly for his treatment of cancer and the legal use of human growth hormone. Located in Reno, Nevada, Dr. Forsyth has seen patients from all over the world. To schedule your consultation today, call 775-827-0707. That number again is 775-827-0707. This is Clarence Collins, producer of Keith Gallagher Jr.'s music and a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tune in every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. to hear Keith's music on the Music Path Show. The Delta and Bonanza Saloons in Virginia City are simply elegant. Imagine ascending the grand staircase and being surrounded by the Victorian elegance and grandeur of the historic banquet rooms. Original crystal chandeliers, mahogany bars, and oak dance floors highlight the eloquently appointed spaces. A truly romantic and unique setting for your wedding, banquets, or holiday parties. Detailed ceremony and menu planning ensures your special event is a memorable occasion. With just one call to Jesse at 775-847-0789, all of your arrangements will be handled by the their experienced staff with your every expectation in mind, including cakes, flowers, photography, videography, music, and party amenities. Complete ceremony and reception packages are available as well as their famous themed weddings. Since 1865, the Delta and Bonanza Saloon's guests have come from every state in the union. Now it's your turn. No event is too large or too small. Let the Delta and Bonanza Saloon's plan your next incredible event. Call Jesse at 775-847-0789. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo Hundo P Hundo P Adjective Short for being 100% sure or certain As in If we get a puppy I'll Hundo P always walk it You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same Visit AdoptUSKids.org Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Adopt U.S. Kids and the Ad Council 
Bowling Gumbo's here to let you know when I'm ever in the Reno Tahoe area. My antlers are always tuned to the Reno Tahoe Tonight Show from 8 in the morning to 10 a.m. Hmm. Anyway, it's Monday through Friday on 1180 huh, on KCKQ. You're invited to join Business Connections with Anita every Wednesday from 10 to 11 a.m. here on 1180 a.m. KCKQ America Matters. Where magic carpet. Oh, we're on the air? <clears throat> In a world where magic carpet actually stands for maritime augmented guidance with integrated controls for carrier approach and recovery, precision enabled technologies. You're listening to military veterans Boone Cutler and Shane Whitecloud on American Warfighter Radio. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is Boone Cutler. I think that's my name. I Hopefully, I'll be able to say it more appropriately. Or if I don't, go F yourself. I don't care. Uh, anyway, we're talking to Jeremy Swift right now, and we're talking about the situation that happened out there uh, in Texas recently when a warfighter went down, went overboard, and, uh, and people were looking for him. And last week, we had this wonderful conversation with the U.S. Coast Guard representative that came on, this lieutenant commander that came on and explained how large and how huge and how amazing this search effort was. Jeremy Swift was part of this search effort, and we want to send our condolences out to the family of Chris Reed, say that we love you, we're here to support you, anything we can do. Today, we are also honoring the people that deployed, that went out there on their own with their own money, with their own gas, when they're with their own boats, and just said, hey, I'm all in. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to be part of making something uh, good happen with this, and at least we're going to do this thing together if it doesn't turn out so good because we're going to we're going to put our commitment, and we're all in. We're all hands. We're going to make it happen. After this, we're going to have Michael Broderick up, uh, warfighter in Hollywood. He's going to talk to us about the acting scene. But right now, let's finish up with Jeremy. Jeremy, when we talk about this coordination effort, and, and Jessica from the U.S. Coast Guard's last week and said it was fantastic to have so many people that had been in the military work with the U.S. Coast Guard because everybody was on one accord. They, they knew what they needed to do. They had the same mindset. What was it like from your perspective now being in the civilian world as a veteran, but working uh, with, with, uh, with a branch of the military to accomplish a mission? You know, it, it was very, it was very, very easy. Um, I'm doing it. Uh, when I first got the call and, and, the coordination part of it, you know, at, at first it was a little bit off. Um, just cause it was just starting to happen. And, uh, they gave me some coordinates and stuff that they wanted to go check out. And it was way up North. And, and I kind of didn't go that way because the way that the winds and tides were moving that day, um, kind of dictated a little bit different. And if he did go under and if he didn't get caught on something, he was going to, he was going to be pushed out towards the jetties. Mm. And, uh, so that's why we, we me, me, me and the other boats, we, we, went up, we went down south a little bit. And uh, finally, I got a call, phone call later on that night, and they were asking me where we were searching at. And I, I gave them, I gave them our, our general whereabouts, and then uh, they gave me some other coordinates to go look at. And so and then we ended up moving our, our search a little bit more. Uh, outstanding. Thanks for that feedback. Uh, before I kick you out of here, I don't know everybody's names that were involved out there. I'm sending just a general thank you and a shout out, you know, trying to reinforce good behavior, communities helping the community, uh, community members helping the community. And uh, but if you can think of a few people that that really, you know, that and obviously we don't know everybody's name. But do you think uh, can you give us some names? Hate to put you on the spot here, but but tell us uh, some people that, that should be acknowledged, man. I mean, it was 
is, you know, this there, is a big there was deal. a few guys that called me, asked me if I needed a boat or or, or, or anything. A guy named Jeans Collinworth, he was one of the first guys that called me. And he was like, Jeremy, I'll bring my boat down for you if you need it. And, and of course, we didn't need it. But uh, another guy named Scott Frederick, he's a good friend of mine. He, I fished with him countlessly, you know, and I, I gave him a phone call. And it was, it was all right, man, I'm going to pick up my boat right now. And then another individual, her name's Kimberly Ann. She's a, a Seabrook police uh, police officer down here, and uh, she was one of the one of the one of the persons that got on the boat with us. I, I've never met her, and uh, she just she wanted to go put in that time to try to try to find Chris. Now, outstanding, so, outstanding. So we want to give a shout out to all those people and everybody that didn't get mentioned. You are not forgotten. We just don't know your name today, and we want to we want to tell you thank you. Brother, thank you for doing this. Thank for thank you for making me aware of it. You know, this came in through through the Warfighter Network per se, and said, "Hey, Boone, this thing's a this thing's a real deal." And and uh, and my first response was, "Okay, let's 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 get some people on air. Let's talk about this thing because it's important, and it's also just a fantastic opportunity to explain what the community does for each other." So, thank you for coming on the show, yeah. and I appreciate everything that you did and everything that everybody else did, man. I appreciate it, and our condolences All go right, out buddy. to the to to the Reed family. Appreciate it for having me on today, man. Not a problem. God bless you. You have a great day. All right. You too, brother. Next up, we got Michael Broderick. Now, this is pretty interesting. I haven't had Michael on the show for a while because, uh, well, we've just been doing different things. But in the meantime, he's been out there. You know, he's a warfighter in Hollywood. He's doing fantastic things. He served in the United States Marine Corps. Recently, most of you may have seen him as uh, Special Agent John Bowen on HBO's True Detective. The show's up for a few Emmys. I think that's pretty fantastic that we can have one of our own in, involved in such awesomeness and involved in such greatness. You know, he does have the skills. He's been doing it for a while while now we want to talk to him about that my brother michael how you doing hey boone how are you man thanks uh, it's great to be on with you again man it's been a while it has been a while you know i was uh too busy uh <laughs> i was busy uh fighting the grim reaper for a couple years and i kind of got my health back and so we're trying to build this thing again put it back together and and it looks like i'm going to be able to stay healthy this time so we're very excited about it and you know, I, I'm just glad to be with you on air, man. I, I like hanging out with you when I'm in, in L.A., and we got to get an update, man. Tell us what you've got going on. Tell us about your career, and then we're going to get into the significance of how being a warfighter can also help you be have the mindset to be a good actor. Well, yeah, okay. Well, I'll catch you up real quick. Uh, as, uh, as you already mentioned, yeah, I was very, very happy to be a part of True Detective this season on HBO. I uh, got, uh, got to work with Mahershal Ali and, and Stephen Dorff. Mahershal Ali is a two-time Oscar winner. Now he's up for an Emmy for, this, uh, for his performance as uh, Wayne Hayes in this series. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and uh, yeah, just an incredible experience. That aired uh, just this, uh, earlier this year. And uh, right now I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to working on a, a film called Badlander. Um, it's a Lionsgate film. You're familiar with Lionsgate. They did all the John Wick films and the Hunger Games and uh, Academy Award-winning films like La La Land and um, Hacksaw Ridge. They're huge. Anyway, this is, a, this is a company, them, Lionsgate and their subsidiary Grindstone just have been hugely supportive of, of the veteran community in Hollywood. And uh, as a matter of fact, the director of this film, Badlander, that I've just been cast in, is an Army veteran. He was an Army engineer by, by the name of Ryan Curtis. And this is his first film. Uh, his first feature film, I should say, and uh, you know, for Lionsgate, which is a you know, that's a major company, bro, and they're and they're giving him a they're giving him a shot with this, and I think it's fantastic. 
No, that's that is fantastic, and that's somebody we should probably get on the show and talk about that because you know a lot of warfighters. You know, we were talking about this uh, recently. I was talking to my my friend Greg, and uh, there's so much information out there, and I think people mean to do well, but I don't necessarily know if they are doing well. And the information is we're always talking about warfighters in distress and how they're having problems, and the VA sucks, and suicide, and all this other stuff. But there's also once you get past a lot of that funky funk, and once you get once you get kind of in the groove and find that that sense of mission again, those skills you learn as a warfighter, as a veteran that you know you served on active duty, they really can help you propel into just about about any industry you want to, so long as you make that decision. But you, you come with a commitment because you know what commitment looks like. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience going from you know using your skills that you learned in the military to be successful at what you're doing now? Yeah, mine come from the very the most basic the most basic part of, of military service. I'm not a combat veteran, you know. I served at the tail end of the Cold War, but just becoming earning the title Marine just told me that you know I could do whatever I set my mind to, whatever I set my will to, mm-hmm. and um, and so that has served me well. I served you know as an 0431, which was logistics and embarkation. So yeah, I could have gotten out and gone to work for UPS or or you know. A, you know, doing logistics or doing embarkation, loading ships, whatever. Uh, but, you know, I, I played music for a lot of years. And that was another thing, which you know, I eventually dropped because, uh, you know, it didn't work out. But I always went into it with the with the, the attitude that I can do it, you know. Um, and uh, then when I got into acting, there was another thing where it's like, yeah, people can tell you it's difficult to do. It's hard to get into this that, and the other thing. But when it comes down to it, when the rubber hits the road, in this case, as opposed to being in a band, whatever decisions I make, I'm responsible for, and I, I you know, I succeed or fail based on what I decide to do. Right. Uh, so, you know, my career is in my hands, and, and when, you know, when I got both hands on the wheel, baby, watch out, because you can't stop me. You know what I mean? And that's the attitude that that becoming a Marine gave me. No, I, I see that too. When we've had discussions and we've been talking about things, uh, I, I don't, I've never heard you complain and say like oh these you know and a lot of people do that oh i got screwed by this person i should have got that i should have got that you know when we talk i'm just telling the audience you know genuinely obviously we're friends but uh, in a in a you know i'm the guy you would be bitching to if you were a guy who bitched <laughs> but you you're just like i you know, you know hey boone uh social media is becoming a bigger thing in in uh in in acting and you know people jobs and you know they want to see people who can draw an audience and and so i'm going to do that now and you're like, I'm just going to do that now. And it wasn't, it wasn't any complaining. Oh, why do we have to do this? You know, nobody ever had to do this in the past. It was like, oh, okay, that's a condition of the environment that needs to be mastered. Therefore, I will master it. And I, I want to draw attention to that because I don't see that enough in our life. I see people who want to, you know, blame the situation for their failures. They're not really, you know, taking responsibility for overcoming the situation and, and turning that into success. You give credit to the Marine Corps for that, but at the same time, you chose to join the military. So is, is that part of your identity that was reinforced by the military, or did you kind of be like, were you like a lot of us, like myself, like, hey, I'm kind of a wayward boy. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll join the military, and then I get my myself straightened out. Which one came first? Well, I think there's a, a – to be honest, there's a little bit of both of that in me, I think. But, but it was absolutely for me. Uh, it was a it was a bold move, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I didn't feel trapped by anything. It was just like I wanted to I wanted to go serve because I knew I needed a kick in the ass. Um, so, 
right out of high school. I, I was 17 years old when I graduated, and I, and I went in, went to boot camp. Um, uh, so yeah, for me, I don't know. Just to, to flip back to what you said a, a minute ago, as far as not complaining, you know, myself and my wife, we're a great team together because both of us are like, whatever life throws at us, it's like, okay, this is life now. You know, this is the new wrinkle or this is whatever it is. You just, you drive on, right? Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I don't complain. And I appreciate you, uh, you, uh, I appreciate your kind oh, words I, I about definitely that, acknowledge that. And let's talk about that a little bit more about that mindset when we come back. This is American Warfighter Radio. We've got right now, actor, warfighter, Michael Broderick. We'll be right back. The Butcher's Kitchen Charbecue invites your family in for the best wood fire slow cooked barbecue rotisserie and open char pit food around these parts. Charbecue on the corner of Virginia and Huffaker presents sliced Santa Maria tri tip, beef brisket, and ribeye. Charbecue caters your special events with the best tri tip, pulled pork, and rotisserie chicken around Reno. Charbecue, The Butcher's Kitchen, 7689 South Virginia at Huffaker, Winner's Crossing. Get in and get real. Charbecue, Reno. As humans, we ask ourselves all kinds of questions. But what if we were forced to ask ourselves a question every day that affected the outcome of the most basic things, the most important things in our lives? The question is, what is your sexual orientation or gender identity? And the answer is the difference between keeping your job or getting fired. The answer is the difference between staying in your home or getting evicted. The answer is the difference between receiving medical treatment or not. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against people based on their answer to this question. LGBT Americans have the right to say, I do, but they don't have the same basic rights as everyone else. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. Hey, Dr. Phil here. I help people solve difficult and trying personal problems every day on my TV show, but there's one problem that's just got me stumped. Childhood hunger. Nearly 16 million children in America struggle with it. That's one in five kids who may not know where their next meal is coming from, despite the fact that there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food out there to feed them all. Now, I don't know about you, but that is unacceptable to me. Luckily, the Feeding America network of good people is out there collecting surplus food and giving hope to hungry children and their families at local food banks all across the country. But let's face it, they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. I'm a 40-year-old man that walked in there to get his high school diploma. It was very hard for me, but Ms. Araceli, she gave me direction. At age 47, Marco finished his high school diploma. 50% of getting your high school diploma is walking through those doors. The other 50% is doing the work. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Hi, everybody. This is Sharon Oran with Coffee with Sharon. Remember, Thursday, 5 p.m., I'll be here. Will you? Brought to you in part by Michael's Reno Power Sports.
You're listening to the King of Crocs, Boone Cutler, and Master of Ceremonies, Shane Whitecloud. Two battle buddies with a mission to share veteran news, resources, and interviews on American Warfighter Radio. And we're back. American Warfighter Radio. I want to send out a shout-out to Shane Whitecloud out there doing good things for the community. Not on air today, but our love is with him. I also want to send a shout-out to our sponsor, Verve. Check that out, verveforever.com. Get your CBD. Get all your good stuff there. And uh, hopefully I didn't break like 10, 15 laws right by right now by saying that. But uh, go check them out on the on the air right now with Michael Broderick, warfighter. We we're just talking about uh, the influence and how the military influences um, people to be better people to accomplish whatever goals they choose to get involved in, whether it be acting, whether it be radio. Or, it doesn't really matter, you know, because it's all about mindset. It's up here, and it's about having the confidence to know that you can do something. And once you've been through some some rough, some rough stuff uh, to build that mindset. I, I just think it makes you a better person. And I think uh, there's a lot of stuff in the warfighter community that people talk about nowadays that's always about, oh, it's uh, it sucks, and oh, it sucks. And we got to show the other side of it too, which uh, we overcome our situations. We do great things, and uh, we become leaders. And Michael's doing a fantastic job out there in Hollywood. Uh, we were just talking recently before the break. Uh, let's let's get into that a little bit. You were talking. I was talking about how you know Michael Broderick. Uh, you know, he's a friend of mine. I've never heard him complain. He just kind of takes life as it is and and overcomes the situation. And then you pop in with, oh, and by the way, the Sergeant Major of the First Civ Div, my wife, uh, is the same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we were uh, we've been together. Uh, we met 21 years ago, almost to the day. Recently, you know, it was it was our 21 year anniversary of the day we met recently and uh you know man i knew right away but it's so nice to be right isn't it yeah <laughs> just yeah. to know that this is the perfect person for you you know right uh but but uh it's important having you know what what i wanted to say earlier was i don't want to diminish some of the curveballs that other people have been thrown you know no no not some at people all. some people got a some people got a, a real load to bear you know some you know uh I, I feel for that and everything so i'm not saying everything's easy you know, but I do encourage people to just just drive on. Um, but getting back to my wife, yeah, she helps me do that. You know, uh, and I help her. It's a partnership, and you know all about that, boom. Because I met your wife, and she's not only a lovely lady, but I know she's she's had your back always. Oh yeah, she's she's watched me almost die at least three times, and uh, I know people well enough, the human condition well enough that usually about the second time, people you know they give into the situation and they say you know well this is. You know, it's just, it's God's will. I mean, he keeps ending up back in the same situation. Maybe we should just, you know, sit back and, and let that happen. And my wife has never given up, and uh, she doesn't right. give up on me. And we're talking, uh, as you know, brother, I mean, I haven't really come out on air and talked about that, but, you know, being bedridden and, and uh, you know, I mean, she had to feed me. The furthest I could walk was, was to the bathroom. There's been times that, I mean, I was in, in such a, a, a predicament that I couldn't even wash my own hair. I mean, I my wife yeah, had to man. wash my hair for me. So, I mean, I, I've been there, and, and she doesn't give up. So, I man, big big shout-out to your lovely lady, and I, I know how – how awesome it is when I used to think guys were cheesy. They'd be like, Oh, and I want to give credit to my wife. And I'd be like, you suck ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shut up with that stuff. Get out of here. You know, but That's then legit, bro. I mean, you know, but, look, yeah. in some situations, yeah, they're full of, they're, they're blowing smoke. They are blowing I'll smoke. But in some situations like, Oh yeah, you better, you better pay some homage. <laughs> Cause uh, yeah, yeah. that person's a saint you're with. 
Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, getting, you know, just forming good partnerships, whether it's in, in life, you know, in your personal life or in, or in business or, or in my work, you know, always trying to, to, you know, do good work, show up, do good work and, and, uh, and leave a good impression. And then, you know, next thing you know, somebody, the director you work for on one show is, is working on another show and he's like, Hey, let's get, you know, let's get Michael Broderick, um, which has happened before. So that's, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I don't know. The point being, just just do your best work. Surround yourself with good people, and it makes life a whole lot easier. I, I think that is a very simplistic key right there. If you surround yourself with people that are the bitchers of the world, you're going to be one of the bitchers of the world, and it's just going to consume. It's going to consume your brain, and and you got to you know the way you protect your mind is to control your emotions. And if you're controlling your emotions by being around positive people that are driving you, I would say a family isn't somebody that help that holds you back. It's somebody that pushes you forward and helps you find your goals. And, and that's that. It's the same premise when you pick your friends. I mean, your friends are the family you pick, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that that's yeah, you know, I ahead. keep my circle relatively small and uh, you know, I'm happy to include you in it, brother. Um, but uh but it's all, you know, it's all good folks. And um, you know, that 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 motivates me. If you know, if there's times I can mentor them or they can mentor me, um, man, I just I just absorb all this stuff. Uh I've got friends that have been very, very good uh role models for my son and uh Helped hit my, you know, I have a son with special needs. He's autistic, and uh, you know, I have some friends that have really just helped him live outside his comfort zone, you know, and that's helped him grow, mm-hmm. uh, become more independent. And uh, man, I'm so grateful for uh, and all. And you know what? Ninety eight percent of these of these men and women are in the warfighter community. You know, they're veterans that I met out here in Hollywood, and uh, and it's just a lot of good folks, man. So shout out, you you guys know who who you are. So I don't need to drop names. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So true. So, so, so very true. And uh, just, uh, just so we can we can, we can kind of get close to things. I know we kind of got we extrapolated this out a bit, a little bit, but I think it's important that when we talk, uh, or when I, it's important for me when I talk, is to kind of in a in a way facilitate um, uh, little tricks of the trade that lead to success. And in, in this little conversation that we've had here, we can identify, A, surround yourself with people that do good things and want to do good things to support you. B, surround yourself with the, with the proper mentality uh, for yourself. C, uh, don't hide within your comfort zone. Get outside of your comfort zone. Uh, D, have some confidence. Don't be so afraid. And, uh, and five, uh, make sure that if you whatever you're dealing with in life, you just accept it and find your way around it. And, you know, just in this little conversation here, I know you to be a very successful man that is is that, that garners and that produces and that has an effect, a positive effect on friendships and people around you. And I didn't mean to go there with this interview, but this is how I know you. And through the thread of this this interview, I see these little tidbits that I think anybody and everybody can pick up on, apply to their own life, and, and make their lives just better, just absolutely better. And I want well, to I appreciate that. that, Boone. I think that was, you know, maybe I went the, the long way about it, man. You know how to strip it down, just, just uh, set it <laughs> on the table, man. I like that. <laughs> no, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, before we kick you out of here, because I do have to kick you out of here, I yeah. do want to ask you, when did you want to be an actor and how do you even get started with that? Because you've been doing this a while now. How do you, you know, a lot of people think about it, but then they don't make the leap to it. What's it take oh, to get man. from thinking about it to taking the leap? 
Well, I, you know, when I, even before I joined the Marine Corps, I wanted to be an actor, you know, since I'm a kid, uh, you know, did all kinds of like community theater and, and acting in high school and stuff like that. And I joined the Marines and I got out with every intention of, of becoming an actor right away. But, um, you know, I went to New York City after I got out and, and uh, had no idea what I was doing. I did a little stand up comedy for a while and uh, then I fell into a band and that became my focus for like 10 years. Of, uh, you know, we we're going to get a record contract. Uh, so when that ended, it was right around 9-11. Uh, I started uh, thinking about what I was going to do. 9-11 happened. Band of Brothers was on TV. I was watching that and I was like, man, there's just, this is like the greatest thing I ever put to film. There's still important things coming out of Hollywood. Uh, so that kind of, you know, started rolling around in my mind. And then I guess it was uh, late 2003, I heard that they were going to do The Pacific mm-hmm. uh, on HBO. And I was like, oh, man, I, want, I think I want to get in that. And then and we had just bought an apartment in New York City. My wife and I and my son was like a little more than a year old. And I, I sat her down and I asked her to, uh, I said, honey, would you mind dropping everything? I know you got a great job and I'm doing all right with voiceover or whatever, but do you mind dropping everything so I can go to, to Los Angeles and try to be an actor? This was uh, 2004. Mm. And she was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? And then, you know, we, we kicked it around a little. She's like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. If this is what you want to do, let's do it. And so we pulled up roots, sold our apartment, and we moved to moved to Los Angeles. And I had the goal of trying to get into to the Pacific. Couldn't even get an audition, obviously, because you know I didn't have any experience or anything. But uh, you know, I just started studying and, and slowly working my craft. My first gig was on uh, Twenty Four with uh, Kiefer Sutherland, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I just started, you know, getting work. And um, uh, so that's how it started. The, the real motivation was life's too short. You know, after 9-11, that happened like, you know, we lived in Manhattan. The first plane flew right by my wife's window at work. It was a, it was a terrifying day, and, and I thought, life's too freaking short, man. You know, and that started the wheels turning of, like, you wanted to be an actor, man. Maybe you go do it. And then then when I heard they were doing the Pacific about the Marines, I said, man, I'm, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm doing it. Oh, uh, so exactly. It's, it's taken a lot of work to get to where I'm at now with, with, with my career, but, but now here I am. Now, you talk about work, and this is something that I, I think a lot of people don't realize. Success is agrarian. It's yeah. not something that happens overnight. It's something you have to build on. It's little steps. Uh, there's a saying out there, it takes 20 years to become an overnight success. I think that's pretty accurate. Uh, it, yeah, uh, it's been 15 years for me now. It's been 15 yeah. years, and now you're on a show that's that's being nominated for Emmys. And, you know, I hope to see mm-hmm. you up there and, you know, you know, you know, you know, getting some of this stuff because you have worked hard. And I remember years ago, you and I were talking and you, you threw this comment at me. I'll never forget. You said, yeah, Boone, because uh, you, you wanted to take some, some stuff I had written and, and use it as a monologue inside some of your acting classes. And I thought that it was such an honor for me. You know, there's, there's a couple out there that are pretty good. But uh, you said. Yeah, it was Nursing Balad. The nurse in Balad, yeah. You said, uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm a D-list actor right now. You know, it's, I don't, you know, this, that's the best I can do. And I was just like. That's pretty hopeful. I think I might have said Q. <laughs> D's pretty good. I'd love to be D. D would be good. <laughs> hey, let, let's talk about that a little bit when we get back. What's it take to get from Q to D? Uh, this is American Warfighter Radio. We'll be right back. Yeah. 
Destination Midtown. Experience the difference. Reno's premier shopping extravaganza. Everything imaginable and more. Midtown matters. Get down to Midtown. A new garage door from Overhead Door Company can drastically increase your curb appeal and security. Check out quality garage doors from the genuine, original Overhead Door Company of Sierra Nevada, Reno. Quality service in the heart of Midtown. Look for the red ribbon logo. Midtown Reno. Experience the difference. Get down to Midtown. Midtown matters. Hey everyone, Dave Escher here introducing you to our new store, the Nevada Marketplace in the Reno Town Mall. Anchored with the Buy Nevada First gift shop, we've added over 60 micro shops, giving locals a place to set up their dream store. We are now 20,000 square feet strong, supporting over 250 local merchants with all things made in Nevada and more. We have more locals in one place than anywhere in the state, ready to help you find that perfect gift. We're open every day with easy parking at Peckham and Virginia. Go to buynevadafirst.com, your source for all things local. Wynema Ranch Wild Horse Sanctuary, a preserve dedicated to keeping America's wild mustangs and burros running free. Wynema Ranch, 29 miles north of Reno near Hallelujah Junction, an amazing site to visit. Over 130 of God's majestic animals at home on the range. Experience the beauty and wonder. Give at WynemaRanch.com. That's W-Y-N-E-M-A Ranch.com or call 775-384-4444. Wynema Ranch. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Long ago, you wouldn't think of galloping on a horse while doing calligraphy. And you wouldn't have attempted to ride your bike while typing a letter. Yet you think you can safely operate a multi-ton vehicle while texting? Behind the wheel is no place to multitask. If you want to BRB, drive now and text later. Lives depend on it. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. This is Oliver X and the G-Man and Molly in the Morning. Tune in to the Reno Town Tonight Show weekday mornings 8 to 10 on AM 1180 KCKQ. You're listening to American Warfighter Radio with Shane Whitecloud and Boone Cutler. Eliminating the stigma associated with the word veteran. On air, online, every Wednesday from 1 till 3. Be sure to like their Facebook page to watch live, comment, share. Catch up on past episodes of American Warfighter Radio. 
And we're back just like that. Bam! American Warfighter Radio. I'm Boone Cutler. Shane Whitecloud is out of the studio this week, but he's going to be calling in in just a few minutes. And I do want to get a recap with my man Craig back there in the engineer booth. Uh, but before we do that, I want to follow, with my, follow up with Michael Broderick, good friend of mine, actor in Hollywood, former Marine. Marine, I don't know. What is it with you guys? For a long time, if you said ex-Marine, they went, nope. I'm a former yeah. Marine. There's no such thing as an ex-Marine. And then I said former Marine, and the people were like, nope, we're always Marines. I'm like, so, I, okay, what do you guys want to be called now? I don't know. Is there, is there a memo I can read? Yeah, I think uh, actually it might have been a, the two commandants ago said, you know, no, it's not former Marine either. Uh, I used to say former Marine all the time to, like, separate myself from guys, you know, who are slugging it out currently. Right. Um, but uh, I say veteran of the Marine Corps, Marine veteran. A Marine veteran. Okay, that's fair yeah. enough. That sounds good. And uh, we we're just talking about, speaking of slugging it out, you were t- you were giving us your story and what it took to get here. And we talked about, you know, success is agrarian. You have to build on it and build on it and build on it. I think there's a lot of people out there with false expectations on what it takes to be successful. And uh, we've laid out just by accident in this conversation, you know what it takes? Look at Michael Broderick. That's what it takes to be successful. You got to have the right people in your life. You got to have the right attitude in your life. You got to have a mission. You got to have a focus and you got to be able to plug away every single day with the right attitude. And you got to, I mean, at the end of the day, we're talking about one thing and that is knowing where you want to be and always moving in that direction. Am I wrong or am I right? No, you're dead on. Uh, when I first came out here, I threw myself right into training. Um, you know, we were in a situation, we were very fortunate because we had sold our apartment in New York and, and real, the real estate market was real good. So we were able to sit back a little bit uh, with a nice little nest egg. So I was able to be in class 20, 30 hours a week. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, that was for two years straight. And then I started getting out there and putting myself in a situation. I worked for a military advisory company for a little while. So you're working on set. You're working with the actors. You're basically doing background work or special ability work. But you're on set and, and you're, you know, you're, you're seeing how things function, uh, which is a very, very different than the classroom scenario, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, you know, that's when I got my first gig on 24. Somebody got fired. Uh, one of the actors got fired uh, from the show. Not one of the main actors, but just like a, a day player. And... They said, all right, who's who's SAG, you know, in the, in the Screen Actors Guild? And I was already union because of my um, my voiceover work. So about 15 of us raised our hands, and they said, okay, you, 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 get them sides, you know, get them a script. And they took us in one by one. Just the director went in another room on the set and, and brought us in one by one to read for him. And he comes out after all done. He's like, all right, thanks, everybody. Michael, come with me. And they put me in front of a camera, and that was my first job. And you crushed and then, it. That's good. Well, you know, uh, you, I think that the, the scene's up on my up on my my Facebook page, so you could, you could tell me if I crush it. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> the fact is that gave me my first opportunity, but I was ready, you know, because I'd been studying. Mm-hmm. And all of, you know, each one of us went up for that for that job right then, and I was able to win the job because I was prepared. Um, and uh, that allowed me to start working and getting more jobs. The problem was, and this is uh, take note of this for any of the the, the actors who are still starting their career. Um, they call that a co-star role. It's like, you know, a couple of lines on one episode, you know. It's like kind of the lowest on the totem pole of speaking roles. So I, I started building up this big, you know, catalog of co-star roles. My, you know, a lot of shows on my resume. I've probably done 10 or 12 at that point. And I'm like, why the hell aren't I getting any guest stars? Guest stars are more significant roles. And, you know, you, you get your, your name at the credits at the beginning of the show and you get more money and you know, all these things. 
And I was like, I'm not even getting any guest star opportunities. And I said to myself, well, maybe you're only doing co-star work. Mm. And that's when I decided to go back into training. Accountability. That's right. Absolutely. That's when I decided to go back into training because I, I had stopped training because I figured, okay, I'm good enough to work, you know? Mm. Um, but if you only work every so often, it's not good enough. And Joe Montaigne came to speak at a, a Veterans and Media and Entertainment uh, meeting once. He was like our keynote speaker. And, and I asked him a question during the q and I said, Joe, how important is it to continue to train once you started working? And he said, well, how often do you work? I said, like, I don't know, I'll do like three, four jobs a year. And he's like, well, that's not nearly enough. You need to be training. He's like, I don't train anymore because I train every day on set. You know, working is my training. It's like going to the gym. He's like, you can't train, train, train until you're bench pressing 400 pounds and then go four times a year and think you're going to be bench pressing 400 pounds. Right. So I, I got back into training with the specific goal of, of getting some guest star opportunities. And I started training with the Lacey Group run by John Lacey. And um, and he said, all right, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's get you going. And within a year, I had my first guest star audition. Within a year and a half, I had my first guest star role that was on NCIS. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, soon after that was the recurring role on, on True Detective. And I'm absolutely a better actor than when I started training again. And so the key is, but like you said, personal accountability, able to, being able to, to be honest with yourself and say, hey, man, you're not, you're not cutting it. That's why you're not, you know, oh, what was that? that I saw a T-shirt recently. Don't be upset with the results you don't get for the work you're not doing or something like that. Yeah, that's true, man. <laughs> right? That's true. And so that's, that was a kind of a moment of self-reflection where I said, how come I'm not, I'm not, how come I'm not progressing in my career? Well, you're, 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 your work's not up to snuff. Get better. Make and so I happen. got back into training. I continue to train to this day. I was just a class last night. Yep. Got to make it happen. All right, brother, man, I'm going to kick you out of here. Uh, where can people find uh, more information about Michael Broderick? Well, I'm that's Michael Broderick on Instagram. Go find me there or uh, actor Michael Broderick on Facebook. Fantastic, brother. God bless you, man. We're going to come. We're going to bring you back sooner than later. We want to talk more about Warfighters in Hollywood. Thanks for your day. Get off. Do what you got to do. Give my best to your family. Hey, boom. Best to you. Best to the missus. And thanks for having me on, man. I can't wait to see you again. God bless you, brother. Talk to you soon. All right. See ya. Out here. Next up, this is going to be exciting. I hear it on location, special location, remote with Shane Whitecloud. Shane, where are you out there? <laughs> What's going on, brother? I'm out in here in uh, Washington, D.C. right now. I hope you guys can hear me. We do. We can hear you really well. The The feed is nice. The feed is good. Got some real uh, sexy background in there. Makes it very compelling to find out where you're at, what you're doing. What are you doing out there in D.C., man? So I had to, I had to come out here for a, a big convention, a big conference. Um, and uh, I was here for the Justice for Vets conference. It's where... Uh, uh, we, we are trying to get more veterans to work with drug courts to give veterans a second chance if they're going through with a misdemeanor like a DUI or misdemeanor drug charge or a, uh, uh, a, a battery charge or something like that. What this does is they comply with the program for a year, uh, maintain sobriety for a year, and then when they graduate the program, they get their record sealed and they get a second chance at life. And so that's what, I, that's what I've been doing out here. Uh, and it's been an amazing conference. I got to tell you, everybody accepted us with open arms. And I even met a few 
uh, actresses and actors while I was out here. So it's pretty neat. Good. It's good to see that we got some people that are also supporting this outside of the warfighter community. Uh, a lot of people don't know that there is something that is available. It's not available everywhere in the United States, but is available in a lot of places. And it's called Vet Court, Veterans Court. And Veterans Court is specifically, since you're right there, you know, you got the skinny brother. What is Veterans Court right. for? That's well, that's what it is. That's what I was just discussing. So Justice for Vets is actually the organization behind Veterans Court. So uh, what I did is I came here to uh, speak on behalf of veterans who might need a second chance, but also uh, to be a part of a program where they provide veteran mentors to veterans who are going through the Veterans Court, basically a battle buddy to walk along with these veterans through their entire year-long process and help them get to graduation, uh, kind of be that that arm to lean on and that ear to listen in whenever you need somebody during those hard times, you know, and, and uh, try to keep you from falling back on bad habits, you know. Right, right. Got to have a battle buddy. You got to have someone in there. We were just talking with Michael Broderick about accountability and whether That's it's right. self-accountability or augmented accountability through the efforts of a battle buddy you know that's how we get past our bs right i mean you got to be accountable and you got to have a goal in that's you. right yeah you know i mean and, and a lot of people don't think about it but it could be something as simple as it's memorial day weekend and and, and uh maybe somebody has lost somebody uh mm. and and they're starting to feel it a little bit more this weekend than usual and that that urge to go back to the bottle is there because let's face it military culture uh you know alcoholism is in is ingrained in military culture uh, that's I true i remember graduating i graduated boot camp whenever i was 17 uh met my ship whenever i was 18 and and the first thing they did is take me down to tijuana and get me blasted because they thought it would be fun to haze the new guy so i mean grief celebration of life celebration of left death uh you know, you have a bad breakup, whatever it is, your brothers and your sisters take you out drinking. And so whenever you come back from that chaotic environment to the uh, the uh, uh, regular civilization, uh, it's not the same. It's not accepted the same way. And so you got to reintegrate into society. And some of the th those things after years and years and years of, of this are hard to go back from. So that's why you need that second setup eyes and ears and, and arms to keep you accountable. You're absolutely correct. Amen, brother. And we're, we're going to close this out. We've got about 53 seconds before we got to close the show. Uh, Craig's back there beating on the window saying, Boone, don't screw this up. Shane isn't here today. He's the one who does everything right. You're a total <laughs> screw up. So, you know, I'm kind of paranoid about this clock. But, you know, we got 40 seconds here. You're going to be coming back here. When are you going to be coming back? And, and who do we have locally, man, that we can pull in and talk about Veterans Court, uh, about the local Veterans Court? We're going to get Judge Shelley O'Neill from the local Veterans Court coming on show. Good. Hopefully the next show that we do. Um, and, and pray that I'm back by midnight tonight. That's what time I'm supposed to be landing. But the rain just started out here, and it's pretty bad. So hey, don't, don't forget. No you, you, you've got my number, right? I do. Okay, so when you land, make sure you call Uber because I'll be asleep. <laughs> All right, brother. Listen, Shay White Cloud, Boone Color, this is American Warfighter Radio. Thanks for having me on, Bo. And we are out. See you next week. Pump in the morning.